was sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious about be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my namesake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next, for truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. When I was going through the next order of to, to preach on, I thought, well, I could have Bob preach, I could have Vince preach, because really, I don't, I want to preach more enjoyable messages. Um, because when Jesus spoke, there was that challenge, and then there was that deep truth that we might not experience now, but the body of believers have experienced it in the past. People in other countries are experiencing it today, and the, in the future, this is what the church will face. Imagine the scene. A couple. They're waiting together outside the examination room. As the doctor enters with the test results, she reaches over and grabs her husband's hand. When the doctor finally turns and leaves them with the diagnosis, she finally feels herself exhale. But soon enough, the emotions will hit her, just flood over her making it impossible to think clearly. So now, right now, while she is able, they need to focus on how they will deal with their new reality. She realizes they could go overboard in reaction to the news the doctor just shared. They could go overboard in opposite extremes, in two different directions. They could be so consumed with fear and dread that they basically just give up and throw in the towel. Or they could go to the other extreme with positive thinking that they live in denial. But that would mean failing to take the proper precaution. No, it's only when they are realistic that they will get through this. They can't be naive. They have to be wise. Only then will they do what they need to do without getting all worked up about things they can't control. That's essentially the approach that Jesus is taking as he instructs his disciples. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out his 12 disciples to teach, preach, heal, and perform miracles. But along with preparing them for that mission, Jesus wants them to be realistic about how people will react to them. Now you would think that if Jesus is sending out these people these disciples, and they say, you know what? I'm going to send you out to preach, to teach, to heal, to comfort. You know, that would just be, okay, great, we're ready to go. But here's the reality check. 
I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Simply put, Jesus wants you to combine the wise realism with trusting faith as we live out the Christian life. Realistic and faith. And put together to live out the Christian life. When Bob Hugh preached on Matthew 10, 5-15, you can see in those verses the need for a focused ministry, a clear message, to live a life and with a heart for Christ that trusts the Lord in all these things. And then at the same time, we have been talking about the Great Commission. We've talked about that the harvest is plenty, but the, few, the workers are few. But this week, we're examining the warnings that Jesus gives to his disciples as he's sending them out on that commission. And the general principle is found in just in verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Um, in Matthew 9, 36, Jesus described the multitudes as sheep. Here, he's describing the disciples as sheep. And the multitudes are wolves. Complete change in metaphors. So here, before, you know, the sheep are without a, you know, without a shepherd. And now he's saying, you're the sheep. You're going out into the midst of wolves. And you're not going to be able to do this on your own. Um... So simply put, it's a very graphic description of the rejection that they're going to receive at the hands of the world while at the same time describing the nature of the relationship they were to have with Christ. You're, the, you're, you're going out as a sheep among wolves and the only way you're going to be able to do it, the only way you're going to be able to survive is by trusting your shepherd. You know, trust in your shepherd. As the Joneses, I'm sure, could tell us, sheep are the most dependent and helpless of all domesticated animals. Um, in Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, which is a classic that was written in 1970, republished in 2010. I mean, it's been around uh, forever. Because Philip Keller was a shepherd... Um, in Canada. And so he describes what sheep are like. And if you want to have a really clear description of sheep, read that book. But just for a couple of things. They'll, they have to be protected from eating poisonous plants. They'll eat whatever is in front of them, and if it's poisonous, they'll eat it. They are extremely vulnerable to extreme weather, infections, disease, and so they have to be sheltered and checked for the disease on a regular basis for cuts and any kind of symptoms. They can be frightened by things that are harmless as well as things that are dangerous. They have been known to kill themselves by hitting their heads against rocks due to the irritation caused by flies around their head. Now, folks, we're defined as sheep. We're defined as, and how many times have we maybe not actually killed ourselves, but banged our heads against walls 
for irritations that we got ourselves into. You know, how many times have we, you know, done some of the same patterns? But the apostles are now being described as those sheep. You're, you're these dumb, domesticated animals that I'm setting into the midst of wolves. That usually wouldn't be the first way you'd want to get people to be missionaries in your church. You know? But Jesus is just being that honest. He's saying, your lives, your lives depend on the shepherd. We don't always know what to do, what is right, and we, we can't protect ourselves. The unfortunate thing in a society like ours is that when things are going well, people don't believe that they're in the midst of wolves. And so we just become immune to it. The other thing that has happened, and I could, I could go for days on this, the change in the church in the 60s and 70s and 80s because of the people that went into the ministry to avoid going into the draft and avoid going into Vietnam and then the change in the church to try to draw people instead of making disciples. There's been all kinds of things that the church has become so culturized that there's no reason for it to be an enemy. And just now, as it has become culturized, and people are having a, a calling back to Christ, and that's what, what a revival will do, it'll create a, a greater division between culture and Christianity. Um, that's just going to happen. And I feel weird preaching on this passage today when I think of Christians in Uganda when I think of Christians in Turkey, when I think of Christians in North Korea, when I think of Andrew Brunson, who is in prison in Turkey because he's a pastor. And he was arrested, and they, they have accused him of being a spy. And so he's been imprisoned, he's been beat, he's, and the government has not been able to get him out. And there's all kinds of things, and he is personally a man that I know, I don't know him like we've had coffee, but he's an EPC pastor, and I met with him, and I was part of the team that commissioned him as a missionary. And now he's in Turkey in prison. And I know Victoria, who is going to be with us next week or the following week, she also knows him because she has pastored, she has served with him in Turkey. And so real people are going through these types of persecution um, that's going on. So we, we learned that in the scripture that in Matthew 7.15 Jesus described false prophets as ravenous wolves. In Acts 20.29 20, Paul warned the Ephesian elders against savage wolves. Uh, and the scripture is clear that if you choose to live a godly life, if you come be a believer and you choose to live a godly life, your life will be persecuted in one way or another. Jesus said it in Matthew 5. Paul said it in 2 Timothy 3.12. Peter said it in 2 Peter 4. And it said the world will hate us 
because the world hates Christ. And if we are truly representing Christ, there will be times that the world will hate us. John 15, 18 through 21. So in this passage, Jesus is warning the apostles of this fact. If they go out to preach and to teach and to equip and to heal, they will face opposition. And while the call here is the disciples, the principle applies to all of us. And again, one other key thought in these verses, it will be like sheep in the midst of wolves. Okay? You're going into the wolves. It's not like you're going to be sheep. Watch out for the wolves that might come. You're going in where the wolves already are. Again, not the most thrilling call to ministry I've heard. You know, you mean you really want me to be a Christian? And see, when we talk in the church and when we talk about Christianity, we usually don't talk about the hard call. Oh, you want to accept Christ because he'll forgive you of your sins. You're, you know, you'll have, you'll have the fruit of the Spirit, life. You know, you'll find forgiveness, you'll find grace, you'll find all those things. But very rarely do we say, and by the way, after you become a Christian, this call to discipleship takes you to a different level. Takes you to a different level of commitment. Takes you to a different level of responsibility. It takes you to a different level of possible persecution. Um, so, the wolves are out there, Jesus said. And you're defenseless in and of yourself. You need Jesus. Jesus' honesty is so refreshing. Um, again, through the 70s and 80s, the definition of the church changed. It went, it went from just being a church of believers to now a church of seekers. And as we continue to get people into the church, we've watered down a lot of the hard sayings of Christ in order to get people into the church, not worrying about getting them saved or discipled, but just let's get as many people into the church as we can. So at that time, they didn't talk as much about repentance or confession of sin. We left that to Billy Graham. We left that to the evangelists. We didn't talk about humbling oneself and hungering and thirsting for righteousness. We instead talked about this is how the church can take care of you. We didn't talk about the lordship of Jesus Christ or obedience in a narrow way and to count the cost of what it really meant to be a believer. Instead, we tried to make the doorway as wide and open as possible to get as many people into the church and to church membership versus Christ discipleship. We weren't as honest as Jesus was. See, we don't recruit people for evangelism and say, now, we all need to go out and evangelize, but remember, there are some destructive wild wolves out there, and they're there to destroy you. Any volunteers? You know, that's not usually how it goes. Um, so when Jesus called people into service, he initiated them by saying, it isn't easy. It's going to be hard out there. So don't get shocked when you get criticized. 
Don't get shocked when things don't go the way you expect. Don't, when, don't be surprised when you might even get fired for mentioning your faith or articulating your beliefs. Um, but at the bottom line of all of that, when we are really surrendered to Christ, there's a deep abiding joy that comes from living that way, living in that faith. That there is a joy that in the midst of all these other things that are going on, I have a confidence that, I have a, that Christ is there to strengthen and support me. Um, and so says, so being sheep among wolves, he says, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And in the New Testament, or in the scripture, serpents were considered a symbol of wisdom. They were considered crafty, smart, cunning, cautious. Um, and the idea of being innocent as doves speaks of being pure and true to God's word and his will. So we're supposed to not only be crafty, wise, smart, cunning, but also as innocent as pure and available and true to God's word. The two combined together give us the idea of being wise with a sanctified common sense. And there's a lot of people that have lost both. They're neither wise and they have absolutely no sanctified common sense. They do things without praying through them. They don't do things with just assuming and not really seeking God's wisdom. So then he says, well, so what are we to be aware of? Verses 17 through 19. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. See, we are to be uncompromising and proclaiming God's truth. But folks, it's getting to the point where I, would, I could say something and I could be arrested for a hate crime. We're not far from that. Pastors have already had it happen. And so just saying, this is what the scripture says, and holding on to what the scripture says, I could go to jail. Now, if I can go, so can you. And so we're at that point where it's getting real close to where they are. John MacArthur wrote this over 20 years ago. When its citizens turn away from the Lord and his standard, even the freest and the most democratic governments, including our own United States, will eventually inhibit the free expression and practice of the Christian faith and hostility to Christ and his word. Well, that's exactly where our society is. There is a hostility to Christ and his word. And the unfortunate thing is that we haven't been as wise as serpents and harmless as doves in our approach to society. We haven't shown the same grace. We haven't shown the same love. We haven't shown the same acceptance. We haven't shown the same understanding that Christ has. But we have become antagonistic and not using the same behavior that Jesus said in turning away wrath. Um, and so there's just that hostility that is going to be taking place. I've also said that within the church, the most dangerous people in the church are not, are not the outside outsiders. They are the people who are inside the church 
but outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so Jesus calls his disciples to be wise and shrewd like serpents, so we are prepared for the realities of living our Christian lives. When we understand that, we're not going to be thrown off by course, by adversity. We're not going to lose sight of our ultimate goal. We're going to recognize that and this is going to take place, and I just have to continue to stay focused. In Matthew 10, 22, it says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Um, and see, that really helps put our Christian calling into perspective. There's going to be problems. And just by the grace of God, we haven't experienced the persecution that the Christian church has experienced throughout the world. It is purely by the grace of God. Um, and so Jesus tells us our allegiance to him will also hit close to home. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child. Children will live against their parents and have them put to death. Again, maybe not here, but talk to a Muslim child who comes to Christ. Talk to some children of different faiths who may come to Christ and how they will be completely cut off from their families. There was a pastor of Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, Matisse, who came to Christ, grew up in a Muslim family, came to Christ, and from that time on, he had no contact. His family completely cut him off and said, you're not one of ours. That is not uncommon, folks. It may be uncommon to us, but it is not uncommon in, in the world as a whole. Um, these are some of the things that our missionaries wrestle with on a regular basis. Uh, I can also remember a friend of mine who came to Christ. We during the early days at First Press uh, in our Bible study group, and he came to Christ, and he went home and told his parents, and his parents said, we don't want to have anything to do with you. And him, this was a person who lived on the west side of Aurora. This was, you know, and it wasn't like they were of a different faith. He just said he came to Christ, and the parents were so jealous that of God that they couldn't deal with the fact that a child would put God before them. So, um, and again, notice this. Jesus says, when these things happen, don't worry about it. Don't hesitate to testify. My kingdom is not of this world. You are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for that reason, I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. So when Jesus was confronted, those are the things he said. And he said, and when you get confronted, don't worry about what you're going to say, because I'll say it for you. I'll say it for you. I'll be your defense. Uh, and again, notice Jesus doesn't say if, but when this happens. When this happens. I find it, I find it interesting because... I love the music that was shared this morning. But when you listen to music from different generations, from different cultures, from different world experiences, those words all have different meaning. And so when these men are singing, to think about some of the 
persecutions that they've gone through and how the heart of that music is because this is what they've experienced. And you think of songs like Amazing Grace, you think of songs like A Mighty Fortress, you think of songs that are great hymns that were born out of great trials and great tribulations and of finding no support but only through Christ. And how those songs portray that. And then I think of some of the songs that we sing today that so focus on blessings that we're expecting from God instead of the challenge to be a witness and a disciple for Christ. There's just a world of difference. Um, Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he doesn't give us the ability to do. Um, and we may never go through the trials and the, and the, uh, the persecution that he's telling the, the disciples that they're going to go through. But when, if it does happen, and when it does happen, we shouldn't be surprised. And the more animosity between the church and society, we shouldn't be surprised. Because if a society hates Christ, and we represent Christ, we're going to be at odds. And that's always the detention. Who are you going to serve? Christ or culture? Jesus, again, doesn't ask us to do anything that he doesn't give us the ability to do. God sent his spirit to transform our life. God sends his spirit to strengthen us through his word. God sends his spirit to forgive and restore. And God will send his spirit to work when he sends you with the gospel message to somebody else. And now Jesus sends out these 12. He, he is rescued with a promise. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Jesus gathered the 12 of them and said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Later he told them, but I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you will win in the end. The sheep actually win over the wolves. Um, it's a great promise. Not in their own strength, but in the strength of Christ. And there are similar promises to each one of us. Jesus said he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. He will not forsake us or leave us. He will be, we will be persecuted, but he will be there and enable us to endure it. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Father, I just praise you and thank you for this day. I just thank you for the diversity of the day. Hearing the men's chorus lead us in worship and singing to just your word, to time together, praying. Lord, I just thank you for every aspect of this. And Lord, I ask that you continue to minister to each of us. Help us to be your people in your time, ministering to the needs of your people. And Father, even though we are your sheep going out in the midst of wolves, 
Help us to always look to you as to be in our shepherd, to guide, to direct, to lead, to keep us safe in the midst of the things that we need to do. And help us never to take our eyes off of you, for when we do, failure can happen instantly. So just help us to keep our eyes focused on you through all the things we say and we do. And we ask your blessing upon each and every person here that we can go forth to be a blessing to others. It's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.